You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Uh, hey, if you have your, your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 4. We're going to talk and share. I'm going to talk about expectancy this morning. I'm going to talk about anticipation. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, how do we receive. And uh, because any time that we do have guest speakers or any time we have even little old me, you've got to learn how to receive and take hold and have, uh, uh, get the most out of it. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. I learned how to tap in to the anointing. I learned how to tap in and to believe and to really receive when I was going and younger because I just was hungry. But also I said, you know, I, I, don't, care. I don't care if this guy is terrible, Lord, I'm going to get something. You know, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. I may get what not to do, but I'm going to get something, you know, I'm going to get a hold of it because how many of you know the Holy Spirit always wants to do something in your life? How many know that he always wants to act for you, but he always wants you to act, you know, when we have the book of Acts. Amen? We have the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, Acts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is still moving and doing. He wants to do something for each and every one of us. Of course, he's trying to get us to act on the word. He's trying to get us to believe the Bible. He's trying to get us to agree with him. Amen? But, you know, and, and here's the thing about it. The Holy Spirit's always trying to get us to act in line with the word of God. The devil is always trying to get us to act in line with what he wants us to do. Amen? And many times we're looking out here instead of looking in here for what we, how we need to respond or how we need, we need to react or how we need to, to, to receive. Here in Luke's Gospel chapter 4, uh, in verse 1, we're going to read the story of Jesus being tempted of the devil. And, uh, I, you know, Jesus showed us how to defeat the devil every single time. And the devil was trying to get Jesus to act in a certain way. He was trying to get him to do what he wanted him to do. Thank God Jesus knew how to react. Jesus knew how to, 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 to beat the devil, and he shows us here. So let's read, beginning in verse 1. He said, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Man, aren't you glad that we can be full of the Holy Ghost? It's a prerequisite of a lot of things. He returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did not eat anything or didn't eat nothing. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are, or if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it may be made bread. And Jesus answered him and saying, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. We know these things, but how come many times when we're letting the thoughts of the enemy come against us, we forget about it is written. Amen. And then it says, and it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And then the devil takes him up into a high mountain and he shows them unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil says unto him, all this power, I'll give it to you and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I can give it to it or I can give it. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be yours, or all shall be thine. Amen. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, him only shall you serve. Amen. So he's twice he's told him it is written. Then he says, um, And he brought him to the Jerusalem and set him on the temp- pinnacle of the temple, and he said unto him, 
If you are the son of God, cast yourself down from hint. And I look what the devil does. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you'll even dash your foot against the stone. Jesus says, answering and said unto him, it is written or it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed for him for a season And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the regions round about. You know, Jesus defeated the devil by saying it is written. He came against it. Now, what does that have to do with expectancy? What does that have to do with our excitement about receiving from God? It has a lot to do with that because there's always two voices trying to distract you. Actually, three. Your own voice, your own thoughts. But really, we're going to go with the devil and God, okay? Make it simple for you, you know? And, uh, you know, we understand that God and the Holy Spirit's always going to be on the side of the Word of God. The devil's all on the side of your flesh or all the side of your over here in this area of trying to lead you away, always trying to get you to move in a wrong direction. Amen? You know, I remember you know, when you deal with these things, and the enemy is, he's so sly because he just wants to get you, that it's going to be, uh, he always tries to manipulate you into a place of compromise. I just got a book, and it's amazing. It's the second book by Rick Renner about his on on the seven churches but this one the reason that i've got it because i like the title of it because he talks about a book of, of pergamos there the, the city of pergamos and the church that was at pergamos and but the title of the book is it's not a time to compromise uh you know the book has 1100 pages in it it's fully i mean it's a textbook it's it's massive you know it's not quite as big as the first one the first one had like 2,500 pages, and it's this big. But uh, that's just Rick Renner's style. He does those things. But the reason that I liked it was I liked because it's not time to compromise. How many of you know the enemy is always trying to get us to compromise? Don't go too far. Don't go too far. Don't do things that you need to do. You know, don't just, just, just do this. Just do this. You know, you know, the things that the devil is afraid of or the devil, he doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to get a hold of the truth of the word of God. That's, true. That's the number one thing. He doesn't want you to get a hold of the truth of the word of God. He don't care if you read your Bible as long as you don't understand it, as long as you don't act upon it, as long as you don't do anything else. Because as long as you don't, truth doesn't rise up in you and you act upon it, it doesn't do you any good. Amen? So he doesn't like the truth of the word of God. Because, you know, how many know the devil can quote scripture? He just did. He just quoted Psalms 91. About, it is written that the angel, and that's what the angel said, that you won't dash your foot. If you, anything, he's going to keep you. But thank God Jesus knew more of the scripture than the devil does. Amen? Hallelujah. And thank God that God's anoints me and you. The devil is afraid of the truth of the word of God. But you know what else he's afraid of? Is the power of the spirit of God in you. How do you remember what 1 John 4, 4 says? But you are of God, little children. We always kind of forget that. We only quote the last part. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The first part says, you are of God. You are of God. And you have overcome them. Overcome what? The, the, the evil spirits. Overcome all those that are trying to lie to you. But you are of God and you have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Greater. Amen? That's kind of funny because he, he, people have a real hard tendency to look at themselves and say good things about themselves. 
It's like this. Did you know that you're anointed? Thank you for those three amens. Hallelujah. Did you know you're anointed? Well, check out this section right here. All right. We, we prompted you. As my wife would say, that doesn't count because you didn't get the first time. You know, I had to promote you, but it's okay. You know, no, it isn't. Listen, it's hard for us, you know, because we look at this and go, well, what does it mean to be anointed? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, 21 says that we, you're anointed, and he who has anointed us is God. Amen? What do you mean by anointed? Because people get real nervous. All that is means is that the presence of God is in you and it's upon you and it'll work through you. Hallelujah. It'll work for you. Amen. Thank God for God's love to us, but thank God for understanding God's love for us. He loves everybody, you know, in the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God loves the whole world. That's his love to us. But God's love for us is when we get into his presence, we are obedient to his commandments and we do what's pleasing in his sight. His love for us is amazing. It changes everything around us. And he who has anointed us is God. So it's the anointing that breaks the yoke, the Bible says. It's the anointing that destroys all the things that the enemy's trying to do. Amen? The power of the Spirit of God can change your life in a moment of time. That's how you get born again. The devil's been building all these strongholds. People get saved. They accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Boom. They get translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of, of his dear son. Glory to God. Into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And the devil's strongholds are broken. That's what God got. And that's what the anointing can do. That's what the anointing. But here's the key. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is. God never changes. His power, his presence never changes. Just our participation in it changes. Whether in our expectancy. Your participation is your expectancy in it. What are we expecting? Now, you remember I shared this with you many, many times. I've shared a lot of times because this, this was way, way back when I first started in, in ministry and, and doing that. And I was complaining one Sunday morning, and I'm the pastor, and complaining about, you know, nobody cares. You know, I got to get there. I got to do things. I got to get all this stuff, you know. And it just so happened I was going to have to go shovel the snow or chop ice and put out, you know, salt because it was in Pittsburgh at the time. And so it was cold and, and snowy and icy and, you know, and I knew nobody else was going to do that. So I had to get there because I wanted nobody to fall and everything else. And I was complaining. And the Lord said, you know, if, if everybody comes to church with the same attitude and expectancy you have this morning, man, what kind of service are we going to have? <laughs> I said, we're not going to have a very good one. But if I don't go shovel that stupid snow, I ain't going to have one anyways. <laughs> Now, I know you never talk to God like that, but the key is he heard me, and, you know, but then I said, Lord, you're right. I repent. I repent. He said, here's the problem is, is that what are you expecting this morning? What are you anticipating? Amen? Amen. You know, your attitude changes everything in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, when we look at what the enemy is trying to die, and see, the power of you, and the Bible calls it like this in, in Philippians. It says you've got a supply of the Spirit. So you come with an expectancy and a heart. There's, there's, there's a moving of the Spirit of God. God wants to do it. God wants to, to open up, hallelujah, and, and pour into you. And our expectancy can help somebody else. Do you know that? 
I mean, our expectancy, if we begin to expect God to move, we expect God to touch lives, even if we're doing great and wonderful, we're coming with a supply that's going to be up here so that we can get to the place God wants us to get to. Did you notice that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit when he went into the uh, wilderness, but he came out in the power of the Spirit. He came out empowered because, you know, he was tested, he was tried, but he came out empowered. Hallelujah. Now we know he went right to the to, you know, you read on down here, wow, because that's when he began to say in verse 18, that's our scripture up here that says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He said, why? Because he's anointed me. You know, everybody gets excited about what happened in the past and all the different revivals and all the things going And thank God for that because that's an establishment. Thank God for our past. Thank God for our history. You know, the world wants to do away with it because our history is, is grounded in Christ. So they want to, in natural, but thank God for our history. There should be memorials in your life. And thank God for Jesus' coming. Thank God for where we're going to be when we get to heaven and then come back with him. Thank God for all that stuff. But guess what? We're now. We're living right now. We can rejoice about yesterday, rejoice about tomorrow, but let's rejoice about today. We're anointed for today. You are, we're anointed for today. You know, yes, I'm looking for Jesus. I am preparing for the coming of the Lord. Yes, I am. I got my eyes looking. I'm wanting him. I'm saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Just do what you need to do. But thank God I'm anointed for today. Hallelujah. God wants us to understand we're anointed for today. Amen. Go with me, if you would, over to Mark chapter 6. I want to share this with you because it's so important to... uh, Grab a hold of us. Many times people are frustrated about their, their Christian life. They're frustrated about things. And, and you can tell that they're not at a place where they're supposed to be. And they're usually more mad at God than they are at themselves. And um, they ought to be more mad at themselves. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Mark chapter 6 in verse 1 uh, this is, this is amazing and, uh, because this is Jesus. It says, And he, Jesus, went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogues, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and of Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Hallelujah. Because isn't this just, isn't this just you know, Johnny Joe over here? What's he doing? I mean, who cares? This is, we know him. He's been around. Who does he think he is? But Jesus said unto him, unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And now look at verse five, verse five and six is what I wanted to get to. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hand upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages teaching. Isn't it amazing that it says he could there do no mighty work? Didn't say that he, 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 he wouldn't. Said he couldn't. See, the, the people decide what we get. How many of you know that God doesn't decide when he shows up? Because we read over in Luke chapter 5 that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present. Jesus is in there. The power of the Lord present. Ain't nobody getting healed. Ain't nobody receiving nothing until four crazy guys come with a friend. 
Amen. And they rip the roof off and they lower that guy down there and he gets healed. But the Bible says before that, the power of the Lord was present to heal. But nobody is getting anything from God. See, because it's not up to God whether he shows up. It's up to us. God always shows up where there's faith. God always shows up where there's expectancy. God always shows up when we want him. He'll show up every time you want him. If you truly believe that. Hallelujah. Because God's never late. Hallelujah. He may not be early, but he's never late. Amen. See, because God's desire, you know, I believe God's desire is to move and to make. God wants to show off. I believe that he does. I believe he wants to do a show. I believe he wants to do great things. He's just waiting for somebody to believe him. He's waiting for us to have that expectancy. I just can't wait to get there. Just can't wait to see what God is doing. Amen. Rushing in, wanting to be there, wanting to see, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, that's what I'm longing for. I am longing for that. I'm longing for people to have such a hunger and a desire that you have to fight for your seat. You know, Uh, you know, I was just back at at, at my college that I graduated from uh, 43 years ago. And uh, so, but being back in those days and stuff, and they showed a whole bunch of uh, videos and, and all of the different meetings and stuff. And, and you look at these meetings and it's like, I remember those. I remember all that having to fight for, I remember having to stand up as an usher because we didn't have enough seats and we had 20,000 people in the room and have to stand up for hours and hours. Hallelujah. And because, you know, we just wanted people to get hear the word of God and it didn't, you know, of course I was young, young then, so it was good. But, uh, you know, but just seeing what God can do and the hunger. And I remember standing in line wanting to get in just because I wanted to get up close. Because I wanted to hear. I was hungry for the word of God. Amen. You know what, folks? I'm still hungry. I'm still hungry for the things of God. I'm still hungry. And I want to just infuse that into folks today. Hallelujah. And get you to know. The reason that we're not hungry is because we don't think that we are anointed. We don't think that God lives in us. We have no expectancy that God's going to do something. Because here's, here's one of the things we do. Well, I, you know, if I'm healed, you know, if I feel good, have money, I can travel. Okay? And so if we think, we think those are the basic necessities. But how many you know that God wants to reveal truth to you? How many you know that God wants to answer questions that you may have had in your life? God wants to show you. And how many you know that God may just want you to be there so you can see God do wonderful things in other people's lives? It means watch God touch their lives. Watch God do it. Amen? I mean, we look at this here. We look at Mark chapter 6 and we see that the crowds affected the anointing. The crowds affected what Jesus could do. Notice he said he could there do no mighty work save he laid his hands on a few sick folk. Now, when the Bible calls it a few, the Bible says there were a few folks that got saved in the ark. That means there was eight. So that means I'm saying he laid his hands on eight folks out of the whole town. Eight people got something. I mean, you know, hey, bless God, bless their hearts, you know. And the Bible says he marveled because of their unbelief. Of course, then he went about, round about in the villages teaching. Thank God for teaching. Thank God for the word of God because God wants to do this and show us things. How do you remember over in Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 2, when the Hebrew writer was talking about the children of Israel? He said the same thing. Well, let's just turn over there. Go to Hebrews. I, I quote it to you and talk to you guys. Just sit there and listen. We got you to get in your Bible. Put it up there on the thing. Let them see it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. I know that somebody, you know, I had one person who said, Pastor, you always say, oh, well, I know this. I know this. I want to let you know. I don't know it. Tell me about it. I said, okay. 
he yelled at me. He's a young guy, young Christian. He's bigger than me. So I said, you're, I'll tell you. This is good. Anyways, here in Hebrews chapter four, uh, you know, look at verse one. It says, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So we can say, hey, let us, you know, fear. Let's, let's look at this. Then verse two says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, talking about the children of Israel, but the word preached did not profit them. Why? It was not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you think I make all this stuff up. It's in the Bible. I got scriptures for everything. He says, look at it. He says, front to us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but it didn't, the word preached didn't profit them. It didn't help them at all. Why? Because they didn't mix faith with it. They didn't mix, when they heard it, they didn't mix faith. When, when I say, hey, guess what? You're anointed. You know, we have three people. Yeah, well, hey, praise the Lord. Because what does it mean to be anointed? It means you have the spirit of God living in you. You've got the power and the presence of God living in you. You don't, you don't carry around manifestations, but you carry around the power. Because the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto the Jew first and also to the It is. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It is written. Getting truth that just reveals it and brings truth down into you and changes your life. See, we got to stir it up. Because we got to be looking for his coming. We got to be strong. We, and, and, and I'm thoroughly convinced, you know, we took communion here and we don't really understand what it means to have a covenant because we're a Western world. See, what we have is contracts that get broken all the time, mean nothing, find a loophole so you can get out of it, you know. But see, covenants are, you can't break. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now, we break them all the time with God, but he's never breaking his. You know, he, he's holding true to his. He's, he's got what we need to do. Amen? Hallelujah. And here's the thing, too. You know, in a covenant, it becomes trust. You don't have to have him prove anything. How many you know they always came to Jesus and said, you need to do this, you need to do that. Here's what you need to do. And Jesus never did ever try to prove himself. He always turned it around. He said, do you got any faith? Does anybody have any faith around here so we can do things? You know? What can you believe? What can you believe? Be it unto you according to your faith. Amen? You know, we need to begin to believe that God's doing something right now. God hasn't, you know, thrown out everything. And let me just share with you here. God's not judging anything. I knew that'd go over real big. I mean, you know, God's already judged You've already been judged, tried and true. And the word is trying you now. You are on trial by the word of God right now. The Bible says that the word tries you. And so you're on trial to see if you believe it. Are you going to mix faith with the word of God? Are you going to do what God's word says in the midst of persecution, in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of, of, of famine, in the midst of all that? Are we going to stay true to our father? Are we going to stay true to the Lord? Are we going to do what God says? You know? Listen, folks, we can't just be the people that want to be entertained. Amen. You know, and, and we see this in the Old Testament. I mean, uh, in the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 30 through 32, I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living because I like the way they put it here. They said this. They said, son of man, your people talk about you in their houses and whisper about you at the doors. 
They say to each other, come on, let's go hear the prophet. Tell us what the Lord is saying. So my people come pretending to be sincere and sit before you. They listen to your words, but they have no intention of doing what you say. Boy, most pastors, they're like, oh. Then it says, their mouths are full of lustful words and their hearts seek only after money. You are very entertaining to them. <laughs> like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice or plays fine music on an instrument. They hear what you say, but they don't act on it. <laughs> I hate when I find those verses. <laughs> no, I don't. I, 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 I take them to heart big time because what happens is, is that, and you've heard me share the stories before, is that many people don't want to fight the good fight of faith. Many people, you know, they, they, they want to believe God. You know, and when they first do it, they believe God. God does great things. Then other things happen. I say, well, we just got to fight the same way. But that's, that was too hard. I mean, we're talking about your life here. <laughs> we're talking about your life here. What, what do you mean what's too hard to, to get your life? Hallelujah. What are we, what are we doing here? Amen? No, no, we got to fight. We're fighting. We are fighting, hallelujah, for souls. We are fighting for people to be born again. We are fighting for people not to fall away from God. We are fighting, hallelujah, glory to God, just to, to see, see the hand, hand of God upon people's lives. Amen? Amen? We are fighting for that. I am. I'm fighting for that. Hallelujah. And we've got to have the right attitudes. We've got to have the right heart. We've got to have this right thing. We've got to have this attitude of expectancy. We can't have an attitude, well, let's just wait and see if it works. Amen? Amen. Now, I, I've been through all that. I've been through all that. You know, I mean, let me just show, you know, I'll share another story with you. It kind of helps. I, I started out, you know, in ministry and stuff, but then I was, somebody asked us to come and to be their associate pastor, youth pastor, and janitor. So I was three people and because uh, of my background and stuff. And so we went, and in, a, in, a, in six months' time, our, our church doubled and tripled. And uh, so we, we really outgrew our present facility. And so the pastor went and bought a facility in another area uh, without asking anybody, without doing anything. We, the, he asked the congregation, and he said, hey, what do you think about this? We had 100% no, let's not do it. So he went and did it anyways. And, and then three months later, he left and gave it all to me <laughs> and dropped it all in my lap. And I wanted to leave too, but God, you know, he's only spoke to me two, not two times by an audible voice. And that was one of them. And, uh, uh he said, you got to stay. And so we stayed. And of course it was funny. That's when he bought the 26,000 square foot movie theater and all this stuff. And he asked me how long it would take me to, to get it in shape. How long could I make, you know, rebuild this building inside? And I said, he goes, can you do this in like three months? I said, I can't do this in three years. <laughs> it took me 11 years to get it situated, to get it to where everything was working and everything. But we got it all. But here's the thing about it. When he did all that and it dropped into my lap, everybody was like, well, we're not going to tithe. We're not going to give. We're not. And that was my board members. They were all like, hey, we're not going to do anything. We're going to see if you can make it. And then we'll, we'll see what we can do. I mean, there's a wait and see attitude. I said, well, this is great. This is wonderful. Hallelujah. God, this is good. So now I, everybody, I said, you know, we're going to see what happens. And people were going and, and doing. And uh, I thought, Lord, we went from a little bitty place that we paid $200 a month to be at. Now we've got a mortgage. We've got this. 
The mortgage is, you know, $2,000 a month. Gas bills are $6,000 a month. The electric is $2,000 a month. I said, and everybody's leaving. This is fun. (laughs) But at that time, your pastor was young and he was, you know, he didn't have a lot of sense. And so he really did. And so it just got mad instead of having enough sense to just fold the whole thing. No, I just fought through and we did it, brought it out, got everybody, and, and the rest is history. The church is still going today. It's paid for. Everything's really wonderful. You know, I can tell you a lot of things in it, but what you had to do was, you know, they had this whole wait and see attitude, and it was like, I was like, well, that's not right. We, we got to believe God here. We got to exercise our faith, you know? And of course, most of you say, well, what can this, you know, he's the youth minister or he's this, you know, we don't know what he can do. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. And, and the, the key is, is though, you've got to grab a hold. You can't have a wait and see attitude. You've got to have an attitude of expectancy. Let's watch God do it. And here's the thing too. If you'll pay attention with your heart, you'll know what God is doing. Come on. Amen. And you won't be deceived. You won't. And if you'll use your faith and your expectancy, you'll always be blessed. You remember, I told you about my stories. I go back and, and Brother Hagin would always preach on the exact same scriptures. The exact, it was prayer summer, so it was the exact same. So for 25 years, he preached the exact same scriptures, exact same stories. Exactly. I mean, I could know where he was going, know where he was, I knew where he was going to go. I said, he's going to go here, he's going to go here. He's gonna, and he'd just do it because he was just a creature of habit. But you know, every year I got something out of it. Every year I got blessed. Every year I'd come out and go, wow. And every year people would come and say, I wish he'd do something different. I said, you guys understand, this is prayer seminar. This is for the students. We are just lucky enough to be in the same building and be able to be here. If you listen with your heart, you're going to get something. You'll get something. See, the problem is you've got to have faith and expectancy to get it. You know, I mean, and, and if you don't, if you don't have that, you're not going to receive. But once you turn that switch on, that I'm going to receive, no matter what, I'm going to receive. I'm going to look at it. That's like reading your Bible. So I got to read my daily scriptures. And if you're not expecting to get anything out because you just want to get through it, just so that, hey, guess what? I read through the Bible for the year. Well, what did you get? Well, not much, but I did still read it. <laughs> Amen? Amen? No. I want to suddenly expect the unexpected. Amen? Amen? I mean... God is revealing truth all the time. God's showing it. And it's always a truth-untruth battle with the enemy. He's always trying to get you to look at here, look to the left, look to the right, look at this person, look at this, see this. He's always trying to bring accusations. He's always trying to cause you to get distracted. Amen? But if you'll not allow that, if you'll, because you're the one that determines how much God you get. Amen? Don't look to the manifestations of things. Don't look, look to the truth of the word of God. Look to the power of God and what God is doing on the inside. Hallelujah. And how he changes you from the inside out and how things begin. And, and hang on to it. Don't let anybody steal it. Amen? Don't let anybody steal the word of God because people are always trying to steal the word of God. Amen? Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 14, he said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. And what it means was, when that word neglect means that you disregard it or you ignore it, and what he was endeavoring to say, listen, don't 
disregard or ignore the truths that you have. Get excited about those. I mean, if you're not excited about John 3, 16, about being saved, then we need to, we're having a baptismal. We'll hold you down a little bit longer. And so when you come up and go, oh, yes, we'll get some, get some shouting. No, just kidding. We won't do that. I said that one time and a youth said, I'm not going to be baptized. Pastor's going to drown me. No, I wouldn't do that. But sometimes I think we need to so that you go, oh, you know, it's like air. Hallelujah. We got this. Y'all were getting too, too just, oh, I had to pick you back up here. You know, get them. Well, the Bible tells, what did Paul, Paul had to tell Timothy, stir up the gift of God. He neg, neg, neglect not the gift. Don't be looking at your youth. Don't be wanting, come on, stand up. You got the goods. And we've got to do that with you. You've got the anointing. You've got the power. But you've got the expectancy and you've got the supply that everybody needs. We need to have a supply. If we come with a supply of the Spirit, God's going to move supernaturally. God's going to touch our eyes. He's going to touch the ones that need to be touched in whatever ways they need to do. But we've got to stir it up. I like one, one translation of that word stir up in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, he told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that was in you. Then he goes on in verse 7 to say, why? Because not, God's not given you a spirit of fear and of power, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind or self-discipline. I like that because that word stir up means arouse yourself from dormancy. We got a lot of dormant Christians. We got a lot of them just walking around. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's good. It's good. It's like, well, where's life? Where's that expectancy that God's going to move? Where's the expectancy that God's going to use you to share truth with somebody? Where's the expectancy that God's going to say, hey, I want you to lay hands on that person. Pray for him. Where's the expectancy to say, hey, let's be at the right place at the right time. Amen? Because like I said, you don't carry around the manifestation of things, but you do carry around the power of God because you carry around the word of God. Isn't it amazing that uh, God called us all in the Great Commission to go into all the world? God called us to do a lot of things. But you have people say, well, I'm just not called to do that. (laughs) Oh, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not this. You're a child of God. And if you're a child of God and you're getting in on the benefits of being born again, then you in the family, then you in the family got to (laughs) work. Okay? We are all called. And since we're all called, and if, if you've got an area of your life, say, well, I don't know about that. You've just got to stir up the gift of God in that area. Thank you for your overwhelming response. And then, says, Pastor, now you're meddling. And I am. I'm just talking about this. Somebody, because you know, I've had a lot of people come and say, hey, it's hard. To, you know, well, Pastor, I want you to show me in the Bible where it says I've got to walk in love. Where's that scripture in the Bible? Well, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It says walk in love. So, anyways, and the Bible says you got to forgive. Well, you went, but the Bible says you got to forgive as Jesus forgives. Uh, you know, that's, that's Ephesians 4.32. So, you got to you know, some people wish Ephesians wasn't even in the Bible. But see, see, the funny thing about Ephesians is it's got a lot of great scriptures about authority and power. And they're like, yeah, I like these. But it's also got the ones about walking in love and about forgiveness. Man, I'm having fun. We've got to close this thing down for you guys. Aren't you glad we had communion and announcements so I don't get to preach long? So we're good. No, I'm just, I'm just teasing. It's all good. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that's it on that one, so that's good. I don't know why I look at my notes. I look at things. I'm like trying to find something to, to pick you over at it, but it's all good. No, God's plan and purpose for our life, folks. Listen, 
the greatest time to be alive, let's just bring this thing all to a head. The greatest time to be alive in the history of your life is right now. Okay? Not the, it's the future. Praise God. We want to be looking. But you know what? You're anointed now. You have God in you now. You are of God now. God wants to meet every need now. God wants to use you right now. God wants you to expect his power, his grace, his anointing to flow into your life now. Now, this is our time. This is our hour. We're not going to neglect the gift that was given into us. God's given into every one of us a gift. Peter said that. Peter said a gift was given to every one of us to be a blessing to one another and be a blessing to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So we've got to stir it up. We've got to stir it up in our hearts. Stir it up to be a blessing one to another. Hallelujah. And Greg's going to ask me what my title is tomorrow so you guys can give him some comments, okay? Hallelujah. We have no idea what it's going to be. But that's okay because we have to have the right attitude. And I'm so glad that you guys do. So glad, hallelujah, that you have the right heart and the right attitude and the hunger for God because God's hand is upon us. He's called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. And we need to get ready. We need to get ready for God to bring. So yeah, but we don't have any room. I know we don't have any room. We don't have enough children's space. We don't have enough adult space. We don't have enough space, period. But that's okay. God will do it. Just means that you got to fight for your seat. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God, and we'll get it here. We'll work it out. God's got it. He's got it. There's a lot of things that we're going to do. So we're going to allow God's hand to be upon it. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and love you and praise you. Lord, I've gone all over the place this morning. Hallelujah. You're, you're amazing. You're so amazing. I love you so much. And I just trust that we met the needs of a lot of different folks today and that we stirred up the heart of expectancy and a Hallelujah, that we're not afraid of growth. We're not afraid of spiritual growth in our lives. We're not afraid of natural growth. Father, we're not afraid to be out there and to say, this is our Lord, this is our Savior, that we are not afraid to be looking for your coming. And Lord, I pray, I ask, that as you've brought this word to each and every one of us here, that we would cause this expectancy and heart desire to be transferred and to be just seen by all those around us that we do have an expectancy that God can do it. God can turn it around. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God can open up a door. Hallelujah. And God knows how to close doors that aren't the right ones. But Father, you're leading us and guiding us into the direction that we need to go. Your hand is upon us. Father, we want to be faithful to you. I know all of us want to be faithful to you. And you're not through. You'll never leave us or forsake us. You're never going to abandon us. You're always with us. Father, we have faith for today. We have an expectancy for today. Hallelujah. Lord, I always, always, it's always like, Lord, why not today? Why not now? And why not through us? If you want to, to do and you want to do, Father, tell us what to say. Tell us what to do. We're leading. We're, we're letting you lead us. We're leaning into you. We're loving you. We're honoring you. Father, thank you. Because we want to see people's lives touched. Give us the word to say today. Hallelujah. Father, I honor. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, Father. We always, Father, our hearts desire us to see people born into the kingdom of God.
Oh, Lord Jesus, you're such an, you're such an incredible God. You're such a wonderful God. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for touching our lives. But if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, they might be like those people in, in Ezekiel. They're, they come to hear and get their ears tickled, but they really haven't made that commitment to God. They haven't made a decision to really serve God there with their whole heart. They haven't really received Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. They haven't believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth the Lord Jesus and truly be changed. They know the change. They know the surety of it. They know if they are. If there's anybody here that's not sure this morning, Father, hallelujah, just Holy Spirit minister to them. Talk, and they need to be sure to have a no so salvation. And if you're here and you desire, say, you know what? I need Jesus to be the Lord of it. I need to come back to God. Would have just raised your hand real high. Let's pray. Let us pray with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And get Jesus. Amen. Father, we honor you today and I thank you for your hand upon our lives. That you said if we would just believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus truly and I and mean it when we say that, our lives get changed. And Lord, we honor you today. Lord, thank you for each and every one of them and each and every person that's here, Father. We just give you honor. We give you glory. And Father, now I pray for the church. Father, I pray that they stir up the gift of God within them, just stirring it up. Hallelujah. That, glory to God. Father, I pray that you just send people across them that's going to ask the reason of the hope that's within them. They may be even hiding out, but you're, you know that they're born in. And people that, that are lost and die, they're going to run to them and say, hey, you're a Christian, right? You're this, you're that. God's going to just, just get on to them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And Lord, I thank you for it. Father, because why? Because we want to see people born into the kingdom of God. We want to see lives changed. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Now, before I dismiss that, I've got one more thing I want to share with you, and that's this, is that, you know, I'm believing for rain for Northern California. I'm believing for rain, and I am believing for it strongly, okay? Well, here's another thing, so thank God for that. But, you know, the Lord reminded me that if we get a big old strong rain, you know, we're going to be in trouble. I've been babying this roof for 28 years. So, of course, thank God we're in California, and uh, we've kept everything together. Uh, we just had a roofer come out and look at it, and he, he just, you know, he was funny. He just said, man, you need, a, you need a new roof. I said, been telling folks that. Not too many people can come up here and look at it. Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be done and do. And so if I'm believing for rain and I'm believing it the way I want to believe it, then we need to get a new roof. Okay? So that, no, see, that, that, that dampened it all there. Thank God for rain. But in the process of time, we don't want to lose all our ceilings and we don't want to lose it. So we are going to do that. So we're just letting you know that we're going to do that. We are, we've gotten one bid. It's quite large, but uh, it's right in the ballpark. It's what it's going to be. We have a lot of roof up there. It's 210 feet, and then it's, it's, it's quite long this way and that way. So it's, it's, it's a big roof of all that needs to be done. So it's $100,000 to do our roof. Hallelujah. And it's going to get done. But we're just letting you know about it, and we're going to let you know to be able to be a blessing with us. Uh, we're, like I said, we're going to get, try to get another bid as quickly as we can. If not, I'm not going to wait. Sorry, guys, on the board, if we talk a little bit, but just, hey, if I'm believing for it, and God kind of quickened it to me, and here's the biggest problem. I've been trying to get a roofer to give me a bid for many, a long time, and nobody wants to do it. I don't know if it's just because of the way it is, and we got somebody who'll do it and do it now. 
I got you know it's better to have one in the bush than two or one one in the hand than two in the bush, right? Say, hey, oh, well, this guy's a good guy. I, no, no, we're not going to do that. If we don't have a bid, if we don't have it solid, then we're not going to go with that. Hey, I got cousin Louie. No, no cousin Louie. Okay, <laughs> we're not doing that either. I've been down that road. Okay. <laughs> no offense if your name is Louie. I love you. I'm not saying that. It just so happened that. Just remind me, it was a traumatic event right then in my head. You, you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. No, no. That, you know, and, and it came disguised as, oh, man, I can get you a good deal. I ain't looking for a good deal. I'm looking for it to get done. Okay? I've got a good deal up there already. Me fixing it, doing it. We've got, you know, we've got, you know, it's an asphalt roof, and it's got metal things on it to keep us from thinking. So... We're going to do it. But anyway, just want you to believe God with us. And so we're going to do that. We're going to get it. And it's no big deal for God and no big deal for us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we're going to see God's hand. We're also still moving way ahead on the, on the, you know, the gymnasium, multi-purpose room that we're trying to do. And we're still doing all that. we got people coming in, doing things. And I don't mind telling you, you know, it, it just, it, everything costs money, as you all know. It just is. People's opinions cost when you want them. <laughs> Let's all stand up. I want our prayer team to go ahead and come forward. Hallelujah. Listen, I love you. God loves you. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come. We're going to continue to grow. You guys are awesome. If you need any prayer, our prayer team is here. Amen. Amen.